Welcome to The Mind School, the classroom for your mind and soul, where we design our lives from the inside out. Here you will find a human-first approach to life, business, and relationships to create freedom, growth, and constant evolution through mindset, emotional intelligence, leadership, and connection to self. I'm your host, Brianna May, educator, CEO, mindset, and business mentor, and my mission is to teach the things we were never taught at school so that no dream is left on the pillow and no purpose left unfulfilled. Here you can expect a lot of laughs and thought-provoking conversations as we squeeze every drop of juice from this beautiful, precious, crazy thing called life. Hello, welcome back to another episode of the Mind School podcast. Very, very, very excited to be here. I feel like there is a lot going on and moving and shifting and a lot, just a lot going on in my world at the moment and some of it is really fucking challenging. Like, oh, I honestly, I think I've cried more in the last month or two than I have in the last decade. And it's, it's actually fucking beautiful. Like I've been saying to a few girlfriends, it feels so nice. It feels so beautiful to be experiencing just so many polarities. It's like one minute I'll be just processing some personal things and feeling quite a little bit on edge, a little bit anxious, a little bit sad. And then it's like, as we know, the law of the law of polarity, the law of duality is that you can't experience one without experiencing the polar opposite. And so it's like all these moments recently, they're so challenging and yet they've been such a gift because they've made me so super sensitive to the highs and so excited just to be around family and just to be spending a moment with Paul, just to be with my with my friends, really just having some soul chats. And it, it sort of puts things into perspective and I'm just, I'm in such a beautiful phase, even though it's one of the challenging ones. And so just a little tidbit there, <laughs> if you are ever going through a little bit of a contraction, it's just a reminder that the expansion is so much better. And Paul and I said this so many times when we were cycling around Switzerland and in particular when we cross the Swiss Alps, it's the hardest climbs that make for the most exhilarating days riding. We spent three days pushing, like slogging up up the mountain, the Swiss Alps, three days and then it was over in two hours on the way down but that two hours was the most exhilarating we both cried. We got to the bottom and we were like shaking and crying and just like, whoa, that was such a rush, such an adrenaline dump. And it was that old cliche of like, what is it? The the squeeze makes the juice, the juice makes it worth the squeeze. No, the, the squeeze makes the juice taste better or something along those lines. It was just so awesome. The, the harder we pushed, the better the downhill was. And I'm really just having all these experiences of polarity right now where, you know, tough things are, are creating so much more clarity and, and ease and, and the polar opposite, which I'm so grateful for. And also just right now, I'm actually in Sydney as we speak. Well, right now I'm sitting in my office in Perth, but as this episode comes out, I will be in Sydney with my brother and a couple of girlfriends. And we are probably decompressing and integrating all of our lessons and teachings and learning from Tony Robbins, which I will be back next week to discuss and to talk about. But also I'm studying a lot at the moment. I've spent the last year really diving deep into a whole new modality and adding a whole new tool to my toolkit, which has possibly been one of the most transformational years 
and personal changes, growth, study, like learning. It's been the most transformational yet. And I cannot wait to bring this into my coaching containers, to bring this into my courses, to bring this into some other things that I've got happening in the background. I'm just really obsessed with the study I'm doing and how that's developing me and what that's going to mean for you guys moving forward, which is so exciting because you just get even more value here. Cause obviously it's just, it's my architecture. It's in my, I swear it's in my DNA. I swear it's part of my life's purpose. And I know one of my astrologer girlfriends would be like, yes, Brianna, it's because of your Sagittarius rising or whatever it is, but I love learning and there's never enough. And that's why this podcast is perfect because when I really learn and then embody and integrate something, I cannot wait to share it with the world. And I'm so excited just to share the whole world of shadow work, which is what I've been really diving into and I'll be certified in the next few months and just just really loving this season. And so with all of this, something that I wanted to talk about today and something that I've been really, really auditing myself and looking at myself with my mentor and in my own life and in my own business, and it very much is of like the shadow work lens. And I just want to give a little bit of context here. So I don't believe, and this has been really reinforced, and maybe it's a new belief. I can't even, I don't even know now because you know when you believe something, you don't know what you used to believe. (laughs) So I don't know if this is new or not, but I have this belief that like nothing really is. Nothing really is. And it's a Shakespeare quote. Actually, I remember saying this quote on my podcast maybe two years ago. And I remember this was always one of the bangers that I thought, Shakespeare, you bloody legend. Like I fucking hate analyzing your shit when I was an English teacher. But I loved some quotes. And one of the quotes was, nothing is good or bad. Our thinking makes it so. And so it's all perception. It's all the meaning we attach to things. Right. So that's that's to start there. That's one of the beliefs that I have. Nothing is good or bad. It's really just how you want to perceive it, how you want to attach meaning. And that's going to define how you then respond to an to a stimulus, right? So nothing is good or bad and until you assign meaning to it. And that will be determined by your background, your past, your conditioning, all of these things. So nothing is good or bad until we give it meaning. And this is going one step deeper and this is how my my articulation has deepened and my understanding of it has evolved and I've got a new sort of lens now and, it, and it's very much being influenced by all of this study that I'm doing in, in the work of shadow work. So there's that, nothing is good or bad until we attach, attach a meaning to it. And then the new layer to this is that once you have then attached a meaning to it and you've attached, you know, this happened but I think it's a really good thing. The, the the other side to that is even when you've attached this is good, there is a very, very, very similar truth at, that exists at the same time that it's actually bad as well because everything that you've d- assigned as good can also have a bad meaning as well. So there is both. And so I want to actually give examples because this is all sounding very esoteric right now, very woo. But let me see, let me show you how this is going to impact your world and how this actually might be impacting your life on a day-to-day basis, right? So I'm going to give you some examples of how I've been really looking at, okay, I've attached meaning to some things about myself, maybe my identity, maybe the way I am. And I believe, or I've attached meaning that it was a quote, good thing. So I've attached meaning that this is a positive quality in myself that I like. If I stopped right there, 
I would not be able to grow because I haven't done the next step, which is what I'm going to explain right now. So the first step, let's say, and this is something that I've really been, (laughs) I've really, again, like I said, I've been doing a big audit and I'm really looking at how this plays out for myself. And I'm going to give examples and share, share the journey with you. So I believe, and this has been a strength of mine and it is a strength, I've assigned meaning that this is a strength of my characteristics and character or a character trait, I guess, or maybe it's more of a like behavioral, a behavioral thing, but I am very fucking good, like very good under pressure. I actually thrive under pressure and maybe this is a, this is a bit of like my temperament, but also it's my conditioning. It's also, if you look at things like how I've, (laughs) how I've actually practiced and reinforced and refined this part of myself, not only was I already good under pressure, but then I chose career paths, which further amplified this and and strengthened this trait. So journalism, you have to get things done by a timeline and it's always last minute. Like a a new story comes in and you've got a really quick turnover rate and it has to be done. And like, I remember doing the newsroom when you're in the newsroom, it is wild and it is like this adrenaline dump of getting good shit done just before like it's due to the editor. And I loved it. Like I loved that rush of getting things done under pressure. And it was often when my best writing occurred and I was positively reinforced for it because like I just said, I got a really good result. I wrote really, really good under pressure and I and I thrived. And so I would be reinforced by a great result, by the editor being really impressed, by me then learning, oh, I actually do really well under pressure. I made the meaning that I can only work well under pressure. So I'm going to dive into this a little bit more, but let's just go back to how this is further being conditioned. So I... I I believe I work really well under pressure. I've assigned this as to be a really good character, a strength, right? I do really well under pressure in journalism. Then I went into teaching and for anyone who, I know there's a few listeners, quite a lot of listeners of the podcast who are educators or anyone who even just if you're thinking of a career where you have to perform under pressure, it reinforces and it positively, it, it, it's like it further embeds this quality in you so that you start to believe that this is just a strength and this is the only way that you can work and do things. And so there's a character strength, which I've assigned meaning to. However, the next step and where sometimes this is where your strength can actually then turn into your limitation if you are not consistently reviewing them and seeing, wait, if it's a strength, it's also a weakness. If it's a strength, it's also a weakness because you can't be one without the other. You can't have sad without happy. You can't have hot without cold. You cannot. Both meanings coexist at once. And if we only look at how this is a strength and this is why things need to stay this way and this is the way it's always done, we are then ignoring what the other side to this coin is. And that is this is also a weakness. And so how this has played out in that particular example that I gave you, it is absolutely fine and it served me particularly, and I'm using a business example, but I'll give some more. In my business, particularly in the first two years where it was mostly dependent on me and I could just work how I like to work and I could leave things till the last minute because that's actually how I've told myself that I work best and that's where I get my best work done. And it was really just not a problem. And in the first couple years of business, it's really quite like for me personally, with my business model, with my strategy, I was really focused and prioritizing 
really refining my one signature offer. And that was level up your life. That was my main priority. It was really about nailing this one thing. And I could, I could afford because I was really focusing on this one thing. And it was mainly just me. And I had an OBM at the time, but that was fine because all the work came back to me to do and it got done in my way. It was fine for me and it was still a strength for me to just use my strategy, which is to wait until I'm under pressure and then let that pressure drive my best work. And that worked perfectly. Now that I'm in a place where I have mans, I have a video editor, I have a graphic designer, all of them are waiting for things from me and everybody else does not work like me. Most people, particularly men's listening to this is probably like, oh, thank fuck you started to like get onto this one breezy. But man's wants to see things way ahead of time. Man's wants to plan out her diary. Man's wants to be ahead. Her strategy is not like mine. I cannot depend on my team to wait for me to have my strategy and then get the business rolling. It wouldn't work. Plus, now that my business is at a different level, I'm actually, I have my mind in way more different projects. There's a lot of different projects happening and it cannot work anymore that I just wait for all of them to be a last minute sort of high intensity project because can you imagine what that would do to my nervous system doing that with so many different projects and expecting my team to follow? It simply won't work. And so sometimes there's a point where your strength has actually become a weakness. And if we don't look at it, we're going to keep doing things the same way and we actually might stagnate and stop our growth. And so there's lots of different ways. I was actually talking to a girlfriend about this and she was saying how she had her own realization recently that something that she used to really love about herself, something that she thought was such a character quality that she really admired has now actually started cock blocking her from things. And so to give a character example, this was something where this friend of mine, she, she didn't ever give into peer pressure. Like she had a very, she has, and she has a very strong will, a very strong character. And when a group of people are doing something, she's like, nah, I don't, I don't need to do that. And that was great for her in high school. That was great for her when people were all jumping in cars drunk or doing things that she didn't want to do. She never felt like she had to go with the crowd at all. However, there was a point recently where she saw actually I'm doing this thing because I want to go with the crowd. Like I actually want the crowd's experience and this character strength of wanting to go against the crowd is now becoming a weakness because I'm cock blocking myself from like diving into these exercises and activities simply because everyone else is doing it. It's like that friend had reinforced a strategy and a belief and a character where she ran her life by if everyone's doing it, I'm not because that served her in high school, not to give into peer pressure. But as an adult, it's like, oh, sometimes that actually might be a bit of a weakness if I don't clock it and watch where sometimes parts of myself that I've assigned as positive and good and working and that's the way it is, that's who I am. Sometimes there might be just opportunities to look at where is this actually a limitation? And so I want to actually give another example because I think this is one that would really help a lot of people with fitness and exercise and health, but also just seeing other ways that this might play out to give you context. And this is why, again, I'm always trying really, really hard. It's one of my core values is self-awareness. I love to watch myself and I love to see like, oh, 
Is this still serving me? Is this the season I'm in? Where is this all heading? Is this now a limitation? Is my strength becoming a weakness? And is my weakness potential for a massive strength? So there's a polar to this and I'm going to get into that in a minute. But another example that I wanted to just point out is within the the space of, I don't want to use the word diet, but like, yeah, diet as in not being on a diet, but your <laughs> what you eat and your uh nutritional protocols and your fitness protocols and regimes and and all of that. So there was a season in my life, and this is going back years and years. This is going back probably 10 years. I came back from another seven-month round-the-world trip. I've been partying, being, you know, eating all the cuisine, drinking all the booze. <laughs> I don't know if I ever drank water. It makes me cringe now. But, you know, living living my 20-year-old best life. And I came back to Australia and I really didn't like what I saw in the mirror. And I needed to, I I really wanted to start a a whole new process of becoming someone who was a fit person, becoming someone who saw themselves as a part, as sorry, a fitness freak and a fitness junkie and a gym junkie instead of a party girl. And so I had to, and this, again, this is why I'm saying, if you haven't listened to last week's episode, go back and listen, because these really, really complement each other. I had to then allow myself to change, allow myself to contradict an old identity. I don't want to be a party girl anymore. I want to be actually really fit and healthy. And the identity that I'm going to need is I want to be a gym junkie, right? And so I started to put in place all the behaviors. I changed my environment. I did the identity work. I did all the stuff, you know, all the stuff. And I really did. And I really did become, and over that sort of first couple years, I was headstrong. And I was so headstrong in my new regime that I had such strength. I was very, 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 it was great. I lost 12 kilos or something. I became really quite fit and healthy. I went quite hard and this was a strength because it aligned with my goals. I wanted to lose a bit of body fat. I wanted to be someone who looked looked after my health. I wanted to be vibrant. I wanted to be energetic. I wanted to be disciplined. I felt like I was a little bit, I was lacking discipline when I came home from that big trip. And so I, I made it part of my strength to be very disciplined, to be very regimented, to have a lot of rules and to be very masculine in my approach. And that was absolutely a strength to get me to where I wanted to go, which was weight loss and fitness. Then there was the pendulum swing where that strength, which was a strength because it got me to where I wanted to go. So I assigned the meaning that that was the strength of my character. I had discipline. I was regimented. I had this, you know, black or white approach and I had rules that I stuck to. Very, very regimented rules. Then, because again, the second layer to this thing is, okay, so if it's a strength, it's also a weakness. There was a time and a a point where this strength became a weakness because what it started to do was no longer get me to where I wanted to go, but become a hindrance. So all of a sudden I was so regimented that I actually started, like it started to impact my health in adverse ways. I was starting to lose too much weight. I was starting to become so regimented that I had absolutely no spontaneity and I wouldn't go out to the pub with my friends. I wouldn't eat what they were eating and I started to actually restrict. So there was a point where this strength for the, like the strength that got me to where I wanted to go then actually started to show its darker side. It started to become a bit of a weakness and that weakness was now becoming a hindrance. But if I didn't clock that, if I didn't see 
holy shit, now I'm becoming too one way. The pendulum has swung. This is becoming a weakness. It's time to swing back. I would have stayed in that place where the strength would have actually then become a detriment, right? So, and and there's been swings and roundabouts in both directions in my fitness approach over the last few years. Sometimes I'll swing back and I'll take a more laissez-faire approach and I'll be a little bit more balanced. And then that, again, that balance and that strength becomes a weakness because the balance is no longer serving me and it's time for a different season or it's, it's just become a weakness. So it's about clocking it, right? So we need to be constantly clocking it. And this is always going to be determined by what season am I in, where am I going, and what are the stories that I'm telling myself. And so there's that side where the strength becomes a weakness. And I also want to just also add a conversation around there is also times where your weaknesses or your perceived weaknesses, what you have decided or assigned as a weakness is very, very, very likely one of your strengths it's very likely one of your superpowers. Okay. So let me give you an example of how this plays out. You may have decided, you may have decided that you are a lazy person. And this is actually a really funny one. This is a conversation that my husband and I have because he always has this identity or like he always believed he was a lazy person. And to some extent, both of us are like, yeah, fuck yeah. Like we are a bit lazy and and there's no shame in that. But if you've assigned it as a weakness, I will argue that there is very much going to be a positive and equal opposite strength in that. So in this example, if Paul has decided that he is lazy, what that has done in his life is he has literally designed his life to give him the most options, the most ease, like his job, his career is absolutely bullshit. He works... (laughs) I don't know if anyone here has knows anyone who's a fireman or is married to a fireman, but it's it's a joke. Like they barely <laughs> they do work. They work very hard and they work a lot when they're there, but they're very rarely at work. So Paul works like seven days a month, right? And so he's designed his life so that he can be quote lazy. He's designed his finances so everything is automated. He doesn't even think before he invests. It's all set up and automated so that he can go about being quote lazy. I would say that for me is such a strength, especially as the person who's married to him, because we've got so much time freedom and flexibility and financial options and all of this because of how he's designed his life because he wants to be quote lazy in his days off. He wants to just be at the beach. He wants to just be not having any pressure to do anything. Do you know what I mean? And so where have you, and there's so many examples of this. I used to think, I used to think that my sensitivity was my weakness, especially when I was younger. I feel things. I'm so empathetic. I fully, I understand people and I feel that I feel things a lot. And that used to be something that I perceived as a weakness. And for a very long time, I actually closed that part of myself off. And it's actually been only in the last few years that I've been allowing myself to bring my sensitivity back because it was a fear of mine because I, I had labeled it a weakness because it often stopped me in my tracks. I would be so overwhelmed by emotions. I'd get so attached to people. I'd feel people's pain and sadness that sometimes it was really, it was a heavy burden to carry. And I also think that's my strength. 
my strength is my ability to feel what others are feeling. My, my strength is my ability to read and to be attuned to other people's psyche and understand what's going on for them. My empathic nature and my sensitivity makes me such an incredible coach, made me such an incredible teacher. So the things that we have assigned as weak are also potentially a strength if we look one deeper. And again, it's to go back to that quote, like nothing is nothing is good or bad. Our thinking makes it so. But to go again, this extra layer is it's both. It's both. And what what the intention for this episode is, is to just do a little bit of an audit really of like where in your life are you potentially holding on to something that you've perceived as a strength, but may actually be limiting you. And I want to leave you with a few questions. And I'm going to also give you just a couple tips or signs that you might have, there might be some, you know, reflection to do here to bring some awareness to it. It might be time to bring awareness to this if you are starting to feel really stagnant. If you're starting to feel, or like in your business, for example, if you're like, oh, that's just boring, like that just feels boring. And that's, ugh. Like if things feel boring, it's probably time to look at the way you do things and see how can you change it up. Because if you're bored, bet your bottom dollar, so is your audience, so is your clients. And that energy is palpable and your magnetism is weakened. It's so weak. If you're bored, everyone else around you is bored. And so it would be time to look at, okay, how can we change things up? Just because it's the way we've always done things doesn't mean it's going to serve me in my next level. Just because it's the way we've always done things doesn't mean it's going to serve me in my next level. And in business, again, just another example off the top of my head, I have changed the structure of Level Up Your Life almost every time I've run it because I started to see that just because it worked last time, I can see a new evolution of this and this is where it's going now. This is where it's going now. So can, can you look at, if you're feeling bored, what can you change up? If things are starting to feel stagnant, where can you look at things that you're saying, oh, that's just the way it is, that's just the way we do things and start to see, well, maybe this is an opportunity for you to see that this has now become a limitation and it's holding you back and it's made you comfortable and when you're comfortable, you're not growing and that's the issue. When you say this is a strength, this is the way we do things, this is how it always is, we're comfortable here, that is a a red flag that there are things that are just not moving, not growing and so you're going to have to change things up a little bit. So are things boring? Are things stagnant? Are you doing things the way they've always done them without even giving them any reflection, intention, without even looking over them and auditing them? Really, really, really important because when you don't do this, you become very like too steadfast, too regimented and and things won't change because you won't give them the opportunity to because you're not willing to look at everything from multiple lenses. And this just makes you, again, like a more self-aware human. So I love this for everyone. (laughs) Like I love this for everyone. And so that is all for today. I really hope once again, please let me know. I feel like there is a bit of a new energy, a new perspective, a new lens, a whole lot of new stuff that's going to be coming from me in the podcast. And I'd love to know if it's landing. So again, share it in your stories, tag me. I'd really love to hear if this has landed and I will see you back here next week to give you a recap of all the reflections and knowledge bombs and learnings, lessons, reflections from the Tony Robbins event. I'll see you next week. Thank you for tuning in to the Mind School podcast. It is a massive intention of mine to continue to grow this show because the more the show grows, the better the guests get. And I know that is going to be so powerful for you listening. 
So, if I could ask this massive favor, it would mean the world if you could please leave a review, hit the follow button or leave a rating on Spotify so that we can continue to grow this show and bring you the juiciest, most thought-provoking and expansive conversations through incredible guests. Thank you so much for tuning in. I'll see you next week.